Now here's a first. So I'm going to try Anchor's question. Because I'm going to recommend something for practitioners or people searchers or whatever. If you're even just looking for a little drama. There's a little Dhamma drama. <clears throat> so Guru Vaiki, who himself tends to be a source of some drama. Um, lately he's been showing himself excellent when it comes to uh, being um, an outlet or a platform or at least, a, you know, not a hindrance, pardon my pun, to insight and discussion on these topics of Buddhism and insight and awareness. And He talks about a bunch of different stuff. So he's carried on a few conversations between Daniel Ingram and um, oh, Damaranto. Oh, I apologize. When I put it up, I'll put the right name in. Anyways, it's the most recent podcast from Guru Viking. If you listen to my rantings, obviously you'll probably listen to uh, that podcast. But it's, it's great because you can see the entirety of Buddhism and where the problem lies, uh, especially to insight. I think it was done very well. You can see no end uh, to examples. So they're both right. Just not all the way. Uh, I'll give you an example. Daniel is all about Mahasi style. And the critique uh, is that it's noting. But what are you noting? And he says, no, no, we're noting. We're being mindful uh, because it takes so much work to be mindful. You're noting constantly and so many. And he's not wrong. But mindfulness, sati, as clearly explained in this podcast, is to remember. But they forgot to explain what you're remembering. You're remembering your commitment, your devotion, and your confidence in the path. You're remembering the path itself. You're remembering the Noble Eightfold Path. You're remembering the, uh, the Four Noble Truths. But most importantly, you're remembering the marks of existence. You're remembering that life is impinged by our belief in an independent self, in a permanence of things and and feelings and, and experiences uh, and just the truth of existence. I often translate um, dukkha as bad air because it gives you an idea of what this is meant to express. Du being good, uh, sorry, <laughs> su being good, du being the opposite of what you would consider better or best or good. So I translate do as um, bad or lesser, and ka being air. So if you fill yourself with uh, ego and uh, a wish for permanence, then you surround yourself with bad air. So it's not just sati, or even uh, another discussion about the anapana sati being um, the main uh, meditation. It's wrong. Sati sampajana. Sati, uh, uh, Satipatthana would be uh, a better example. The Satipatthana Sutra is again to remember of everything, not Anapanasati, which is mindfulness of breathing. It, it makes sense, but again, the both of them are misunderstanding here. What they really meant to use is this expression, this term from Sanskrit called Sati. Sampajana. So you're remembering everything we said before. Now there's this new term, Sampajana. 
That means to bring clear, focused awareness to all of life's activities. So it's exactly what they were saying in this discussion, that you use it to judge the right and wrong or the good and bad, or as he said, you try to replace. We're talking about the Brahma Viharas. So if you're feeling envy, you might cover it with compassion. I mean, that's how you work this, you know. But they even made the mistake themselves. They're both um, trying to aspire to uh, achievements, attainments, or uh, to replace negative, they're attaching to positive experience. No, the idea is much closer to the mention of Zogchen here and then, but I don't think they really understood. This Zogchen is a, is a little more advanced technique when you have learned to restrain the somatic experience in your volition. When you're able to get to a point where you understand these marks of existence, that you are not the center of the universe, and much of your dissatisfaction flows from this attachment to self and ego, which there was a lot of this on display as well, ego. Um, and another example would be Kasitna. You can see this in the Kasitna practice. They actually explained what Kasitna practice was almost perfectly, but they forgot the one next level. So Kasina practice is just, as they said, the monks had nothing else to do, and they had nothing else but the robe, and, well, then they created for themselves little dishes that they could put, um, use as a candle, as a little lamp. So they would stare at the lamp, what else are you doing, right? You're a monk, you own, what, two robes if you're lucky, um, something to sit on, and maybe a bowl or two. So you're staring at this candle, and the idea is, and this is why I say Zogchen is a little more advanced. And me being a yoga karn, I understand this. It's a mind-only school. So the idea of Kasina, and even though it comes from the Pali, which I find funny, but still, it's the same teaching. So you stare at this candle, and you vacillate between eyes open and eyes closed. Why? Because there is no difference between the candle in one's mind, with eyes open or closed, they're both an image in one's mind. That's what you're meant to understand. First, understand the dichotomy, the dualism involved. To think, as they discuss in this, there's pretty lights with your eyes closed as opposed to the pretty lights with the eyes open. It's meant to teach you non-duality, Advaita. It is not different. What you're supposed to see is the colored light show is no different between eyes open or closed because it's all mind-born. And once you realize this, then you open your mind. Sometimes it can be uh, extreme. But, so, I'll leave it at that. Highly recommend you take a look at this. You'll actually see that uh, what's holding um, Buddhism back, you'll even see a, a really extreme belief in magic um, and, and arguably maybe even uh, an inability to understand one's um, biases, right? Barrier to insight. I was chuffed to see mention of trauma as a barrier to insight. So, you know, take that as a win for, uh, for our side, um, those of us trying to heal with this practice.